Hi everyone, this is Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage to be Seen. This show is for anyone who longs to take charge of their life, to create more success, accomplish their dreams, and to live in inspiring ways to be powerfully visible and visibly powerful. I'll be sharing stories with you from my own career and experiences, from leading engineering teams for the last 20 years, and also from interactions I have been blessed to have with people I've met from around the world. I want to give you the tools, techniques, strategies, and inspiration so you can be the best you. You can achieve the success you desire, personally and professionally. Being authentic, confident, and empowered are the keys to success and the life that you want. You can have the courage to be seen. Hi, I'm Sherry Clark. And welcome to Courage to Be Seen, the show that focuses on helping you achieve the success that you desire. I will share with you the tools and techniques, the stories and strategies, so you can have confidence, you can be empowered, you can overall have just the success that you've always desired in your life. I want to start with taking, like maybe a step back in time. Think about March of 2020. How was it for you? You know, how did that really play out as the world shut down? I'll tell you how it went for me. I was at work and we got the notice that Dallas County put out that everyone was supposed to stay home unless they were supporting one of the seven essential defined business infrastructure areas of the United States. It was kind of confusing in many ways when this notice went out. One, we didn't know exactly who was in Dallas County. While we have addresses for all of our employees, we don't necessarily know, you know, which county each town is because there are county lines that like, you know, break up cities sometimes. In addition, it was a little unclear of exactly the way that they said, unless supporting these various infrastructure areas, you know, defined by the federal government. So, Taking this confusing information, you know, everyone kind of got to work. One, we had a team of people trying to identify which of our employees were actually in Dallas County and which ones weren't, because our office wasn't in Dallas County. But our employees, if they were located in Dallas County, they had to follow the laws and the rules that were set out in Dallas County. And then we also had, uh, you know, a team of people trying to identify, were we an essential business? What does this kind of legal terms actually mean? In the end, it all really didn't matter because in a couple of days, all of Texas said employees should stay home. Now, in the, we also were um, classified as an essential business because we develop power solutions for telecom. We make sure that uh, the cell phones you know, work, that, that phone systems work, data centers. A lot of the infrastructure that is um, really what we've relied on in the last year, very important in terms of to, to power that infrastructure. So clearly we were an essential business. So at least that part, you know, did, didn't matter, but it was just a lot of confusion. If I think back of it, you know, of should we be in the office? Should we not? My son um, had an extended spring break. School didn't know what to do. So they said, let's just take an extra week of spring break. That was my son in high school. My son in college, he came home from spring break. While he was home, college said, you know, don't come back. We're going to just have everything go online, except we had like two days notice to move them out of the dorms. So we had to rush back to, to college, get them moved out of the dorms. 
and had him back at home. All very unplanned. I'm sure it was this way in, in your own life. In addition to all this craziness and everyone trying to figure out what to go on, we did have work that we had to do. Employees had to come in and there was a lot of concern. Is it safe? A lot of people were scared. They didn't know just that coming into the office, were they putting their lives at, at, in danger? What could we do as leaders in the business to help keep everyone safe? We worked really hard and, and, and tried to, to do everything the best we could in a very unknown environment. Now think about then over the course of the last year, this went on, everyone started to figure out, you know, how to work from home, how to work safely in the office, how do we protect ourselves with masks and, and various things, while some scientists work very hard on, on vaccinations, Zoom, team meetings, you know, all these things that we transitioned to and learned a new way of working that we just wouldn't have ever thought probably could be done on the scale that it was in the last year. But now we are a year later. People have modified their homes. We've set up home offices. Some people have moved. But people are aching to get, you know, back to normal. So kind of what's, what's next? I know some companies have closed offices. And they've just told people just stay home. That way they're not paying for rent. And, and now we have a work from anywhere policy. Other companies are saying time to get back into the office. We're going to have people in the office full time. Many are in the middle of this or they're still figuring things out. There's a Gallup poll that just recently came out that I found that's interesting. And it said that workers in the U.S. are the most stressed out workers in the entire world. I don't think that would surprise most people to hear that. 57% of the workers in the U.S. say they experience stress on a daily basis. That's a, a huge amount, and it's up eight percentage points. So while we might have transitioned and figured a lot of this stuff out to work remotely, obviously we have more stress than ever. And if you compare that with globally, Globally, only 43% of people say they experience stress on a daily basis. And of course, it probably doesn't surprise you that more women experience stress on a daily basis than men. And a lot of this is attributed to helping to raise kids. Um, not everyone splits you know, child caring uh, equally. So 63% of women that are working say they experience stress on a daily basis versus 52% of men. But the interesting thing is the daily stress levels of working women in Europe in the last year have reportedly actually gone down. And this has contributed to the fact that there is more social programs uh, in Europe. There's more support um, when people become unemployed. So there's probably less worry about the overall um, kind of social net that um, maybe isn't as strong you know, in, in the US. So while all this is going on, the interesting thing is that employee engagement metric has actually um, dipped in the rest of the world. So in most of the world, they say employees are less engaged now because of the pandemic, because of everything that's going on uh, in the last year, employees are less engaged at work. However, in the U.S., that the engagement has actually increased 34%. Now that's crazy. You think about all the stress and everything that we're doing, 
they're actually saying engagement is higher you know, than, than ever. But when you think about it, high engagement and high stress equals burnout. Like there's no other way around it. And if you hear anything right now, you, there's a lot of stories around employee burnout, around, you know, the mental health of, of people. And so some, something has to get. And I think when we think about, you know, where we were a year ago, everything we've gone through, and then now we're in this kind of what's next stage, I think we have to think about, you know, the stress levels, the burnout, you know, what's right, what's right for companies, what's right for employees, what's best for you. So I'd like to discuss today kind of the pros of working in the office and the pros of working at home. Now, I like to do this. Now, you can make a pro and con list, you know, the plus and minuses, and a lot of people do like trade-offs, okay, things. I like to kind of take more, um, you know, a different look at things. Like, let's just say you are having that argument with somebody or constructive kind of criticism or um, just trying to share your viewpoint. Sometimes I think it's a really good exercise to say, okay, could you argue the other side? If you were in someone else's shoes and made your case, you know, what would that look like? And so that's kind of what I'd like to do a little bit today. I'd like to talk about um, if you're going to work in the office, what's the pros of working in the office? And then we'll talk about what's the pros of, of working from home. And in addition to that, we're going to kind of talk it at a high level. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details on some types of people are better in like one situation or the other. Certain jobs are only able to be done in the office. Um, certain ones are more able to be done successfully at home, right? So we're not going to go into all those kind of details of one or the other. We're going to talk more kind of in, in general. Um, in addition, some people don't have a very good setup at home, right? So if you don't have, you're in like maybe a small apartment, you don't have a home office, there's a lot of noise at home where you don't have good internet. So we're not going to get into some of that, just kind of thinking in general, we're going to talk about kind of in the office versus at home. There was an interesting poll that came out um, from Gallup in April and said, uh, Working from home, employees have been working longer hours and more on the weekends. Um, they're more likely to report loneliness, depression, anxiety than people that are working in person. 66% of people in this poll said they wanted to immediately go back into the office. But what's so confusing in this poll, even though 66% of people said they wanted to go back in the office, 84% said they enjoyed working from home. Now, that really doesn't make, make any sense, right? 84% of people say, hey, I'm, I'm glad I've been able to work from home. I enjoy working from home. At the same time, they're saying they're lonely, that they're working more hours. So when we think about going back in the office, and should we go back into the office? And that I'm part of, um, you know, like several Facebook groups where people are talking about Hey, what, what's your company doing? Are you guys going back into the office? Several of the big uh, tech companies, you know, initially said, hey, you can work from home. And now they're saying, oh, no, we want people back into the office. And then, they're, oh, wait, maybe we'll go hybrid. Like, in some respects, a lot of people are still changing their minds and figuring this way out. 
but it's, it's on top of a lot of people's minds. And it's no surprise it's confusing because there really isn't a known path forward and there isn't one right answer. So what's the pros of working in the office? One of the first ones is time management is actually easier. That So if you're not very self-disciplined, maybe working in an office setting is better for you. You have a time you're supposed to get to work. Um, you have a time that most people leave the office that doesn't mean that you have to leave. And some people work late. I, I realize that. But but there kind of is a start and a stop that um, if you're going in the office, most people don't do significant work from home. Um, now, granted, if you're working like doing some calls with international teams, you might do them really early. And so you might do some stuff from home. But for the most part, an office kind of has a more dedicated start and stop time. That's one of the things that maybe working from home, hey, you know, when does when do you end? When do you leave your home office and transition to doing things for, from home kind, kind of thing? So time management can be easier when you're working in the office. With that, it's easier to set boundaries. It's easier to separate work and home. Some people working from home feel like, like they're always working, like they never get to leave work because work is always kind of around them. When you actually like drive into work or you walk into work or take the take a bus or a train, you know, like you, you have that transition. So it's easier to set that boundary. One of the things that I found early in the pandemic, working from home, um, a lot of people, like let's say that they wanted to have a meeting at seven o'clock. Like there was nothing going on in the world, right? Sports got canceled. All kid activities got canceled. Everyone was sitting at home. How do you say, I'm not going to attend that seven o'clock meeting? Everyone would know you're at home. Now, granted, yes, you have kids. Maybe you're eating. There, there's a lot of things that you could be doing rather than have a meeting. But a lot of people had a hard time saying, no, I'm not going to attend that meeting because everyone pretty much knew you're at home. So it's much easier to set those boundaries when you're in the office. The third thing is it's easier to connect to one another. I think that that's clear. When you can see people in person and you can chat while getting coffee, how was your weekend? Um, you know, walk by people's office, say hello. It is just easier in general to connect. If you want to have that same level of connection when you're remote, you have to you have to put that extra effort out. You have to really try a little bit harder. You have to maybe set up meetings or ping people on Teams or on Zoom. And, um, it's just a lot more effort. So a lot of times it doesn't happen. One of I think the big pros of working in the office as an engineer, it's easier to solve problems together. It's great to brainstorm at whiteboards and, and share ideas or sit at a circuit in a lab and, and try different tests and look at the, at the instrumentation you know, together and, and brainstorm. Yes, we can do some of that on video. There are tools. It has gotten better. But I still don't think it's really to the same level of when you do problem solving together with people and do brainstorming in, in a room. One of the things most people don't think about when they work in the office is there's just this unplanned communication and collaboration. You know, like maybe you hear something and like, oh, I could help somebody with that. Or it's that kind of that, that over here, or um, you would have never actually set up a meeting with somebody, but when you run into something or you see something on the whiteboard, you have a little conversation with somebody. 
And that's a big part of their culture. That's a big part of how we, we innovate. And that's why companies like Google is saying, hey, people need to be in the office because you can't plan for that. You just won't set up the time or you can't set the time because you didn't even know who to talk to. But when you overhear them talking, it's a different story. Um, so with this, right, connecting with people, being able to brainstorm, just overall, it's easier to meet people and, and build kind of that, that community that we're so missing when we work when we work from home. One thing that a lot of people don't think about, it's also easier to network with leaders that, you know, they're in, in the office, they're getting coffee, riding the elevator, you know, whatever the things may be. Um, I like to walk around and maybe like walk through the labs. And if people are there, I can see them and visit with them. You don't get the same thing of, I don't just like drop into other people's Teams meetings and Zoom calls, right? That's kind of impossible. But um, I might stop by a conference room and just say, hello. So there's just this opportunity for more networking that is a little more in that unplanned area that you just don't get from home. You also will find most meetings can be more efficient when they're in person, that uh, they're not as long, but a lot of it has to do with, you see body language, people can communicate better, you don't have as many you know, technical issues. So studies have shown when we are doing conference calls, the meetings run on average longer to get the same amount of work done as if everyone was, was in person. And you could just have a short chat. I do think we can't leave out, though, that um, the advantage of working in the office, that not everyone has a good home setup. Like, I'm lucky. Like, this is where, when I work from home, this is the same setup that I have. So I have a dedicated office, but not everybody does. Some people are working from their bed, your bed, exactly. So they have horrible setup to try to work on their laptop. Other people are working at their kitchen tables. And, and don't discount that that's really hard for a lot of people to, to work. Another thing working in the office does is it drives more participation. It's easy to be in a meeting and not really paying attention. You're one of many people in these little video boxes, or maybe you're not even showing your video and it's just a picture. Um, versus when you're in the room, in the meeting, it's easier to, to make sure you're participating. And maybe when people are at home, you don't even know if they're participating. They could be multitasking. They could be doing a hundred different things rather than paying attention to the meeting. So you just get that um, inefficiency when, when you have people that, that you don't, you get that efficiency driven from being together in the office versus um, the inefficiency of not really knowing what people are doing when, when they are remote. All of this really, um, I think, drives to help us drive innovation. When we're in the office, um, it's easier to have innovation. So Yahoo, several years ago, you know, they called all the remote workers back into the office. They said, if we want to be, you know, highly innovative and really, you know, drive the innovation to the next level, we can't have everyone working remotely. You can't build the culture. You can't communicate fast enough. You can't work together. So they actually called everyone home. It will be really interesting to see over time how the big companies do it. Google, right, spends 
used to spend a ton of money on perks to get people in the office, to get them working together, to have them collaborate outside of even just doing their work, but to get to know each other, to spend as much time as possible together. And they are a very innovative company. They've driven a lot of innovation. So if, you know, being in the office, being in, in person, if FaceTime wasn't so important, you know, why do people want to travel so much to other sites? You know, why is there so much business travel? I believe it's very important. A lot of businesses think it's important. So a lot of people and a lot of companies are saying it's time to get back into the office. Now, let's talk about some pros of working from home. I think the first one that um, is probably one of the biggest ones, there's no commute. So if you have a long commute and you're working from home, if you normally would have a long commute working in the office, but now you're working from home, like you get to save that time. That time can be getting more done at work, or that time could be personal time that you do things like exercise or do some reading or some self-care or things that you need to take care of personally. I think that's probably the biggest advantage that most people kind of fell in love with working from home. And if you not, time is probably the biggest one, but in addition to time, you have less money spent on gas, you know, less wear and tear on your car. Um, so I think the commute is probably the biggest thing that people advantage people have when they are working from home. Um, the second one, you can do some multitasking. You know, when you have a break, you can throw a load of laundry in. You can, um, you know, start, oh, I want to think about getting um, some food out of the freezer to defrost for supper. So you can run to the freezer and get that out. I'm not saying that you should do lots of things at home, but, you know, when you need to have a 10 minute break, you can do a couple things and, and multitask. And there's a huge advantage to that. You can, I could walk out and, you know, meet my son's bus when, when he came home from school. It's a great thing to be able to do those type of things. And a lot of people value that now. Some jobs, you know, it's too noisy in the office. So a huge benefit of working from home is it's quieter and people can focus more. Um, especially maybe people that are writing code or like research, people that are really trying to you know, do hardcore thinking, you can find it's quieter and there's less disruptions working at home or potentially could be as long as you're kind of managing your, your schedule and your computer and your chatting and all that kind of thing. And those are, those are huge advantages. There are some jobs that it is more beneficial to have that block of, of quiet time, especially if like you're in the office and maybe you sit next to a conference room where a lot of people are, are talking either in the conference room or outside of the conference room, you know, either before or after a meeting. And so there can be a lot of a benefit to, um, to being in a quieter environment. You can at home sometimes take productive breaks. Like maybe if you have a break, you could take a walk around the neighborhood. You, you can find ways to um, use that, those times that you have in your day, incredibly productive, that, that you can't do when you're in the office. Okay, now you have a break. Maybe you're still gonna fill that break with something, but it's maybe it's not the most productive way that you would like to be doing it um, elsewhere. Another pro of working from home is you have a wider talent pool that you can hire into jobs. You no longer have to find are people you know, willing to relocate. And so sometimes you can raise the talent of your team by offering remote work opportunities. Now, then you have to worry about onboarding them and, and various things like that. But it does give you a bigger opportunity 
when you are looking to, to hire, um, hire for your teams. Most people will say when they're working from home, they have better work-life balance. You know, they can kind of pick their, their hours. Like not everyone is like an eight to five type of person. Maybe some people would like to work, start a little bit later and then um, kind of take a break around noon and then pick up and work more in, in the evening. When you work from home, sometimes you can do that. Now, sometimes you can't because you have meetings that are scheduled at, at work. But if you have at least that, that core work that you need to do just yourself, maybe you have more flexibility in the day and you can line up your work you know, optimally when, when you um, naturally are better to it. I'm a morning person, so I like to get up you know, and get started, and, um, but some people aren't. And the last thing I think when you can work from home, there's more availability from a family standpoint. You know, if you have kids or maybe a parent that lives with you and they need some extra help. So you can't discount, you know, kind of that that ability to to, to have these, um, you know, extra time um, just with with your with your family and be able to take care of kind of like your whole life. So if you are working from home. I'll tell you, make sure that you're comfortable using video because that allows you to maintain at least some of the connection, the things that are pros when you work in the office. Make sure you get ready each day. You know, don't don't put off and say, oh, I don't need a shower or I can just wear, um, you know, T-shirts and, and things like that. But get ready, you know, start the day, kind of have that time bound. That, hey, I'm actually I'm actually working and, and make sure that you set up time that you can stay connected. And so even though you're not naturally having those uh, interactions with people in the office, you want to make sure that, that you have that time. So schedule some one-on-ones, schedule some short chats, and you can make being at home just as productive as people that are in the office. So I don't know which one is better. I think we're, this is an experiment we're going to continue on. Should we be at home or should we be in the office? And so the jury's still out. And we'll kind of see where it goes. I hope that this uh, helped you, though, as you're thinking about if you're going to be in the office or working from home as you go forward. If you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to uh, subscribe so that way you get noticed when the next episode um, comes out. Check me out on my website, couragebeseen.com. You'll find all my contact information there, my coaching program. And I'd love to get feedback and, and hear what topics that you would like to hear me talk about on, on future shows. So until then, uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you've been inspired to take action on at least one thing starting today. To learn more, check out CourageToBeSeen.com. There you'll find my blog and additional resources, including you can download a copy of 10 Ways to Live a More Courageous Life. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in next time to learn additional ways to have the courage to be seen in your own life. Have you always known that you're on a soul path? And have you wondered how to gain real insight into the steps along your own unique journey? Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Main, and thank you for joining me on Damayanti, the show for your soul. I'm so glad to have you along. 
Damayanti means peace and calm. Damayanti sheds a light for your soul through the wisdom that shines in the universal language of Sanskrit. Damayanti is the show that speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and enriches your soul. Join me now on Damayanti, the show for your soul, and be inspired and uplifted by the beautiful light of this profound, timeless wisdom. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Damayanti, the show for your soul with me, Sarah Main. I'm your host and it's wonderful to have you along, soul family. Welcome. Uh, Damayanti is a show that is designed to talk about your soul, everything to do with connection with your soul, with yourself. That's your true divinity, your true power. We use the word soul. It's the best it's a word that we can use. You could talk about spirit. But soul has an immediate connection to the inner essence of yourself. And today I thought we would talk about um, a time to be strong and confident, a time to be strong and confident. I think there's enough um, movement in the energy around the world um, there are challenges, no doubt, and strength and confidence and firmness and indeed an element of discipline are very much needed, certainly um, love and understanding and patience. But this area of inner strength and inner discipline is not always spoken about and understood and my approach, and it was how I was taught, was to go back to the wisdom of the ages, go back to the wisdom traditions, and very specifically go back to the universal beautiful language of Sanskrit. Why Sanskrit, you think, huh? Well, Sanskrit is the universal language. It is a universal language. It is the universal language. Um, and within the language itself is incredible wisdom and the way I was taught was to allow go back to the Sanskrit and it clarifies your thinking it highlights where you have limited thinking because this limited thinking is what we act upon um, the words words have language has power it has energy it's creative we uh, think thoughts in words, typically, often pictures, but there are words behind those pictures. We just may not be aware of them. And then we act on that and we our feelings come from that. So language is creative. And I was taught to go back to the Sanskrit and then clarify and purify your thinking. It's like getting your thinking your language and putting it through a washing machine cycle. And in the light of the universal wisdom in Sanskrit, you can see where there are limits that act as filters. And this is actually an incredibly powerful way to set yourself free. It's not, it sounds like it's an intellectual exercise, but it isn't. And it's a way of disciplining the mind and the mind needs discipline. Um, it, acts as a monkey mind, it's all over the place. And there's plenty of teachings on this. Um, but how to bring it 
to heal, how to discipline it so it can stay in one place, that's a different conversation. And it does take discipline. It takes practice. Um, and this is very rewarding practice because as you practice and you meet any challenges and overcome them, you become more empowered, you become stronger, you become more confident, you become firmer. And then you're not so moved by changing conditions and challenges. And that may be in your personal life or in the wider society and around the world. And this is very important. So today I thought I would take the, um, the theme of firmness and strength and go back to the Sanskrit first and foremost. Now, in Sanskrit, the word for firm and strong, firmness, is dridha. And dridha means fixed and firm and strong and stable and massive and firmly fastened on and whole and complete, difficult to be bent, um, steady, resolute, persevering, that's an element of firmness, um, to be certain, to be sure, to be mighty. They're all descriptors of dridha, firmness and strength. And it's different, it has a sort of a different element from uh, Sanskrit's balam. This is, this is um, just the, the essence of firmness. And um, Sanskrit always comes from a root form, so that word dridha comes from a root to mean um, to, to, to be firm, to make firm, to fix, to strengthen and to be strong. And then there's a great teacher that opened up, Pranini, opened up how to find out where to experience that firmness and that strength. And Pranini taught us where to look. And he said that in being firm, you'll find that firmness, that energy of firmness in growing and increasing. So in growing and increasing, you will find firmness, the essence of firmness. Get your thinking around that for a minute. In growing and increasing, you'll find firmness. So it doesn't mean becoming rigid in growing and increasing. So in that growth and increase, there's strength. And when you think about that, if you want to be confident, often you pull yourself up, you take a deep breath, you roll your shoulders down, you stand up tall in growing and increasing. So in the wisdom of the ages, we're already being told where that confidence lies, where that strength where that firmness lies. So when we find challenges where we need to hold firm, we need to persevere, the first thing to think of is rather than, um, what's the word, hunkering down and uh, drawing in, we need to pull ourselves up to our full stature, take a deep breath, head up, eyes open looking out, for example, that's number one in terms of finding that confidence and that strength and that firmness that we're looking for. And at the moment, we really need it in the world. We need this strength. And the thing is, the strength is not coming from um, anger necessarily. It can be coming from love. 
that strength that comes from real love, universal love, prema. And we draw ourselves up in love for the truth and the purity and the beauty in ourselves and in everyone. We draw ourselves up and we want to offer that. And that's, I'm just drawing out wisdom that's in the very Sanskrit itself and it tells us how to find strength, where to find strength, and it's in this growth and increase. And, in fact, Plato, the Greek ancient Greek philosopher, Socrates, he used the example, um, he asks in one of his dialogues to someone, how do you lengthen, a, how do you shorten a line? I think, yes, how do you shorten a line without um, rubbing part of the line out? And through various um, backwards and forwards in the, in the dialogue, he said you draw a longer line. And in drawing that longer line, immediately that line is shortened and you haven't rubbed any part of that line out. So this growth and increase is drawing the longer line. So when you come to speak, draw that longer line by aiming for the higher frequency, the positivity, the encouragement, the uplift. To uplift spirit is to draw along the line, is to... Pick something higher, speak about something higher, value something higher and greater. This is an expression of love. This is an expression of pure universal love to always um, go for the uplifting speech, the praise, the encouragement, and to have nothing to do with anything that will pull you down. And there's incredible strength in that. And that is a great discipline um, to go about in your daily life is this always choosing the higher, that which is worth praising and not focusing in on things that pull us down and reduce us to something small because in that smallness there, it's weak and we need strength. We need a lot of strength. And um, in my experience, I have found that getting centred in myself, in my soul, in that power of peace within, no matter what's going on, and then always looking for the, the greater, the finer, the larger perspective and offering that, that which will uplift and encourage and inspire. There's great discipline and strength required to keep doing that and to keep offering that. And I would encourage you that that is the direction we need to take. And after we take a, a short break coming up, um, we're going to talk about how we do this. But that is the approach to take. We want strength. We're interested in strength. We're interested in firmness. We're interested in perseverance, in being steady, being resolute, um, and in a sense, being whole and complete. Well, not really in a sense, actually being whole and complete. And that is coming back to our soul because that's where our wholeness and our completeness is. So that is the message that I wanted to pass on today straight from the Sanskrit and Dhamma Yanti, the show for your soul. I always like to come back 
to the Sanskrit because this is the universal wisdom. And Sanskrit, Sanskrita, means pure and perfectly formed. And you notice the wisdom is always pure and perfectly formed. You can resonate with it and go, yes, that's true. Yes, I understand that. And firmness, we find that firmness in growth and increase and in prosperity. And that starts from within. So firmness doesn't mean being rigid and hard. It means growing taller and stronger and greater and increasing, discovering our greatness, our limitlessness, as the, the great wisdom teachings and scriptures would say. And that's where we find our strength. So we're going to take a break and then we'll come back about how to find that practically in our day-to-day -day life. We'll see you soon. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Damayanti, the show for your soul. And today we're talking about it's the time for strength and courage and strength and firmness, um, to be firm and strong. Uh, it's so important in today's world. Uh, there are so many challenges and the energy is not always that easy to navigate on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and the strength and perseverance comes from within and the wisdom of the ages, the universal wisdom in the beautiful language of Sanskrit tells us with the word dridha, which means strong and firm and resolute and it really means firm, but firm as in you're not going to be moved. It doesn't mean rigid. It means firm. That's it. I've decided. Um, and it's it. the wisdom indicates that that strength comes from growth and increase. And before the break, I was talking about if we want to be confident often and find that courage, we take a deep breath and we often pull ourselves up physically, roll our shoulders back, stand up tall, look out, and we find great strength and, and strong energy in that um, very physical act of pulling ourselves up. And that um, is a, a real simple indicator right under our noses in that very physical act of how to find that strength, which is growth and increase. Now, what I'm suggesting and what I'm showing you and talking about is that apart from that physical act, always finding that greater, more uplifting, more inspiring energy to think about, to speak about, to put your attention on. So coming back to yourself, 
the greatness of yourself within and then pulling yourself up, standing tall within and that you'll find your physical body reacting and responding to that and wanting to sit up straight, wanting to stand up straight, wanting to lift your head high, looking out and you'll find such confident energy in that and then looking to the higher, looking to the inspiration, looking to the inspiring, uplifting things to talk about and think about um, and offer to the world, offer to those um, with whom you live and work, to your loved ones, to your kids, to your partner, to your spouse, to your family, to your friends, always speaking about the best. Choose the best to talk about because this is how we connect soul to soul. This is the real point of unity is soul to soul because there is only one actually, but we find that in that connection beyond the physical, beyond the mental, and, in fact, beyond the emotional because all those elements come and go. Physical bodies come and go. They're growing and changing all the time. The, um, the mind is moving all the time and things are coming and going. The emotions are coming and going. It's the nature of them. They're in motion. Um, they can be calmer so that, in fact, it's like water on a lake and it's steady or it can be choppy. It depends, you know. Um, but the soul is ever-present. It's our divinity. It's the, the powerhouse, really. Um, it can be called spirit. I, I just connect with the word soul. Uh, and that is the, the point where speaking from soul to soul uh, and speaking of that which inspires and uplifts is drawing that longer line, as Plato indicated. That is gr the growth and increase. That is where the strength is. So in day-to-day -day life, I would suggest one very simple practice, one simple discipline that you can undertake is at least three times a day, but take it two, all right, I'll, I'll be, I'll be kind, but two to three times a day, and you can manage twice, morning and afternoon, one time in the day, one time in the evening, or even three times, breakfast, lunch, and dinner time. Deliberately, consciously choose something uplifting, inspiring, full of praise when you speak to someone else. And if you're on your own, then speak it out aloud, something uplifting and full of praise. Give gratitude, but do it consciously. And no matter what's going on, find something to praise, something to uplift whomever you're with or if you're on your own, speak to yourself. Give thanks. And I'd suggest out aloud. Um, there's always something to praise. There's always something to give your voice to. Um, I was taught to give your tongue to that which uplifts, that which inspires. This is drawing the longer line because we are universal. We are limitless. That's what the universal wisdoms are talking about, the wisdom of the ages, the scriptures. They're always speaking about our limitless nature and certainly in Sanskrit, and that's one thing I love about Sanskrit, 
it reminds me all the time of our limitless nature, our universality. No matter what's happening, we are universal, limitless beings. Uh, when I started writing my book, Conscious Confidence, Use the Wisdom of Sanskrit to Find Clarity and Success, I started writing the introduction and I had this blank screen like a blank piece of paper in front of me and I knew it was important, that very first statement, because that's like the sounding, the, the founding sound, the do of the octave of writing the book. And I fell still and I thought, what would, and I was immediately taken back to one of my teachers who always started, he said, from the absolute, from the universal, from the limitless, always start there. And so that's where I started with, which is you are, in fact, a universal limitless being right here, right now. And that's true. That's always true. No matter what's happening to you, what's happening around you, how you're feeling, you are limitless and universal. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that. I hear you. I understand that. So that's what Dridha, being firm and strong and confident, is all about, being firm and certain in the fact that you are universal, no matter how you're feeling at the time, what's happening, being able to draw yourself up and, and draw that longer line, as Plato suggests. And one way is to get into the habit at least two to three times a day, consciously give your voice consciously speak of something that is uplifting and praise and gratitude are two wonderful ways to do that because praise will never run anyone down it's the nature of it so find something to praise about that person or the situation or something and give your voice to that in a very simple way but give your voice to that get that sound out get that energy out align with that positivity and gratitude is another amazingly transformational energy. So come back to your centre and give praise, no matter what is happening. Praise and gratitude are wonderful ways to find that firmness and that strength through growth and increase and upliftment and positivity. And that connects you to your soul, to the greatness of your soul. And um, on that note, if you would like to find out more about Damayanti for your soul, you can go to my website, damayanti.store, that's D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I, damayanti.store, S-T-O-R-E, damayanti.store, and there's information there and you can find out more about me you can find more about the sanskrit and why um, what's the why behind damayanti and also i have a store there with some um, lovely products that all have sanskrit messages on them i deliberately chose these um, products with sanskrit messages with the message of prema pure universal love with shakti the divine energy and prana, the breath of life, which is our powerhouse, our life source, our life force. Um, so prema, there's a collection of prema products, there's a collection of shakti products, and there's a collection of prana products. There's jewellery, there's some homewares, 
And there's also um, some uh, clothing as well. And they've all got Sanskrit on them and designs. And the importance of this is it keeps you in memory. These are things you can use every day and wear the jewellery. You can keep with you. And it helps you stay in this uplifted, inspired energy of positivity and connection to universal soul energy and help you stay aligned. And they're attractive and useful and nice to have, but they do help you stay aligned. And when I was... Um, early on in my spiritual soul journey, this is decades ago, 50 years ago, um, there was nothing, they, there was nothing like this. You know, eventually when post-it notes came on the market, I used post-it notes and put them everywhere to help stay in memory. That was my discipline, just because I wanted to stay awake and stay in memory. So now you can have a travel drinking cup with Shakti on it, you can have a, a cushion cover, you, um, you know, on your couch when you're sitting there, you can wear a beautiful piece of jewellery and it can have prema on it to remind you of pure universal love. And they make great gifts too. Give, give something of real meaning with a, um, a spiritual meaning that means something to you from one soul to another. And you can use these as wonderful gifts. And with the holiday season soon to be upon us, they'll make great gifts. So go to my store, damayanti.store. Um, you can see more about uh, Damayanti. And there's also a whole archive of podcasts to listen to that's on the podcast page. And you can go to the store and there's great gifts for yourself and for others with beautiful spiritual meanings of prema, shakti and prana and more to come. And... Um, I'm very excited that on my next show this month, I have a very special guest, Zayla. And Zayla's going to be talking about discipline and your disciplines will set you free. And that they're linked with love and courage. So Zayla is a special guest on the Dr. Pat show. And he's very kindly offered to come on to my show as well and talk about discipline and love and courage the aspects of it. So I'm very excited. So join me on that show and hear Zayla. And I wanted to speak uh, and sing to you the peace prayer from the Yajur Waiter to finish. In heaven peace, peace in the space between, on earth peace, on the waters peace, in plants peace, in trees peace, peace in all powers, in spirit peace, Peace in everything, peace alone, peace. Peace, peace, peace. And the Sanskrit? Om Dyao Shanti, Antarikshan Shanti, Prithivi Shanti, Apa Shanti, Oshadhaya Shanti, Vanaspataya Shanti, Ishwe Deva Shanti, Brahma Shanti, Sarvang Shanti, Shanti Rewa Shanti, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time with me on Damayanti, the show for your soul. To find out more about Damayanti or to get my book, 
conscious confidence, use the wisdom of Sanskrit to find clarity and success, or to purchase my range of beautiful spiritual jewelry, go to my website, damayanti.store. That's D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I.store. Damayanti.store. See you next time.